Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in. This is the FPC Chiefs podcast. I'm Braden Holacek. The managing editor and writer for Full Press Coverage Chiefs of FullPressCoverage.com. It is a great Friday here. We're about uh, just under two weeks away from the new league year beginning free agency, um, beginning soon. And um, obviously, there's been a lot of rumors swirling, a lot of big news out there in the NFL. We've already talked about uh, the CBA talks and negotiations over the last couple of weeks. It's really interesting because um, the day before. This episode came out. There was a deadline that the owners, or at least the um, the NFL, basically gave the players or the players' association a week to vote on this CBA. Um, right now, there's a lot of players out there. Just in the first day that this window is opened up, that a lot of players are, you know, kind of expressing to other players to vote no on this. Um, I don't know. Maybe in the end, there's some people that think regardless, the CBA will pass within a week. But uh, it's really interesting in regards to free agency, basically because of, you know, some bigger name free agents maybe that have not received the franchise tag before the new league year opens up. I mean, um, other opposing teams will basically get their chance to start negotiating with those free agents uh, just two days after this CBA negotiation window would be finalized. So it's really tricky timing. We've kind of talked in other episodes about just, you know, the CBA negotiations. That is what is kind of hurt um, the negotiating process for some bigger name free agents, uh, at least supposedly anyways. You know, that's what some of the reports are saying. So it's a really interesting time right now. But we've ta- talked a lot about the CBA already. I don't want to really spew too much about that anymore i mean we'll just have to see what the uh what the final vote is with the players and the players association over the next week for thursday march 12th and again as we're getting closer and closer to the middle of march we're going to start seeing a lot of moves um i kind of talked a little bit last episode i believe just how this could be one of the more wild nfl off seasons that um maybe we could remember in a while i mean there's so many big names star-studded guys that could potentially be entering free agency, whether they re-sign with their team they just recently played for or go on to a new team. There's a lot of really interesting trade candidates out there, including guys that are reportedly going to receive the franchise tag or have received the franchise tag. Um, We talked about how that could also impact the Chiefs situation with Chris Jones last episode. So again, very wild off season. That's something, you know, I, I talked about in, um, 
my first Chiefs free agent target article, and I'll talk about that as we get uh, later on into the episode. But um, yeah, today, I mean, we're going to talk about kind of just some rumors that are floating around with some certain players. Um, Sammy Watkins is one of those players that we will talk about today. Um, we, of course, always talk about um, the latest articles that have come out over at FPC Chiefs since our last episode. So we'll talk about those. I was really excited to get the pieces I finally got out uh, this week, at least be, uh, since our last episode. And what I'm hoping to get out uh, over this weekend, very exciting stuff. I mean, it's just this time of year, like I said, with the wild NFL offseason, there's a lot of exciting things that um, can be thrown out there idea-wise. So yeah, we'll just kind of touch on that later on but I did want to start off today kind of talking about some scheduling news obviously the NFL will not release the 2020 uh, regular season schedule until sometime in April usually it's been right around a week before the draft over the last few years but one thing that's kind of basically been confirmed uh, just about a day or two before this episode is being recorded is uh, the MLB and the Royals, um, obviously, if you don't know, uh, people in Kansas City know, obviously, how close Arrowhead Stadium is to the ballpark of the Kansas City Royals at Kauffman Stadium. They share the same parking lot, um, so their their stadiums are very close together. It's, um, it's very difficult to obviously have two events there on the same day, and with, um, you know, we were talking about this, I think, in the middle of the season. Some people were just, if the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl, um, the Royals would have been at home that whole entire first week of the 2020 regular season schedule for the NFL. So, um, but there was news that was made on uh, Wednesday that the Royals and the Oakland A's, who uh, the Royals will play during their series there in early September, uh, those teams have agreed to play a split double header on Tuesday, September 8th at 1.05 and 7.05 on that Tuesday. Basically, this moves the game that was going to be played between Oakland and Kansas City on Thursday, September 10th, up two days. And um, that would mean that the Chiefs would get the chance to host opening night of the NFL season now on Thursday, September 10th. And, um, the Royals will now have an off day because of that, and then they'll resume uh, their homestand the day after that, Friday, September 11th. So it's a really, really um, telling sign. I mean, it pretty much almost confirms at this point that the Chiefs are probably going to open the 2020 uh, NFL regular season on opening night at home uh, at Arrowhead Stadium as defending Super Bowl champions. And that's a that's really fun news, obviously, for the fans of Kansas City, just how long it was of a wait between Super Bowl winning championships and um, and obviously for the town, too. I mean, they, they got to see the Royals uh, win their World Series a handful of years ago. So now it's kind of cool to see these two teams work out uh, something that the NFL now can give the Chiefs a chance to get their uh, their biggest moment on the biggest stage. Um, as defending champs entering the new season. So that's pretty cool. Like I said, it all but probably confirms that the NFL and the Chiefs um, will get to do that now. Week 1, Arrowhead Stadium, Thursday, September 10th. The opponents that the Chiefs will play at home this year, obviously you got the division opponents with the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Outside of the division, you got the Falcons, the Panthers, and the NFC. Um, you got the Patriots, the Jets. And I believe the Houston Texans. So to me, if it's not a division opponent, the Patriots obviously make a lot of sense to uh, be that opening night opponent, especially if Tom Brady returns to the Patriots, which I think he will. I know there's a lot of really wild and um, outlandish reports out there that Brady could be leaving. Uh, not saying it's impossible, but I, I think he'll return to New, to New England. And uh, that could very well be the opening night matchup there on Thursday, September 10th, Patriots at the Chiefs. I would not be surprised if that is the case. Because really, if it's not the Patriots, I could really only see it maybe being the Texans or a division opponent, maybe the Raiders. So, But again, that, that uh, news that came out a little bit out of nowhere on Wednesday is kind of fun news for, like I said, fans of Kansas City and the city and just um, in the surrounding area. 
it'll be a fun week of, you know, if the Royals are maybe a little improved this year, uh, maybe enjoy some games against the Oakland A's, and then obviously getting to see the Chiefs open the new season as defending champs at uh, Arrowhead Stadium. And I don't think they've opened their season at home since 2016, so it would be the first time in a few years anyways. They opened 2017 on opening night, but that was at the Patriots where they won that game. And then the last two years where Mahomes has been the starter, uh, the Chiefs opened at the LA Chargers one year, and then this past year at the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it would uh, it would be a big thing for a lot of reasons if the Chiefs were to uh, be able to host that opening de- uh, night game. And again, this news probably all but confirms that that will be the case. So it's really fun news there for the fans of uh, Kansas City. But what's also interesting news, right, people that are on Twitter – or if you're not on Twitter, you may be online looking at the news kind of with the rumors of free agency and everything. And it's really obviously fun to see how some players approach Twitter. You know, they do it in an interesting way. Um, the guys that are on there a lot more actively, it's really interesting. So Sammy Watkins, who, you know, has kind of been uh, retweeting some stuff that, you know, has put him in a light as far as maybe staying in Kansas City and not. And one thing that's uh, really started to gain steam for him is that he's kind of been, you know, putting it out there that maybe he would not mind playing for the Houston Texans. Now, obviously, he's still under contract with the Chiefs, but they might trade him this offseason. It's been talked all year long that, you know, with his high salary uh, cap hit number, that he could be a trade candidate. If not, he could be cut or released anyway. Who knows? Maybe the Chiefs will also... Um, restructure his contract or give him, give him an extension and maybe cut his salary cap hit in half. There's a lot of avenues to go with Sammy Watkins, but uh, he retweeted a photo where somebody uh, photoshopped him in a Houston Texans uniform. And the biggest reason I think that Watkins is kind of putting this out there on Twitter may not just be the fact that he's wanting to change teams. I don't think there's a whole lot of bad blood there between the Chiefs and Sammy Watkins, but I think the biggest thing is for Watkins' side of things is he would get to play uh, with one of his best friends from his college days, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins there in Houston, and also quarterback DeAndre, or uh, excuse me, Sean Watson also went to Clemson. So I think that's the really the biggest thing that Sammy Watkins is kind of uh, making this out to be on Twitter. Again, I mean, he could also really feel like he wants uh, a new opportunity out of Kansas City. He tweeted you know, I think early earlier in the weeks, something along the lines, you know, where's my new adventure going to be? So, you know, just kind of putting those uh, those thoughts out there to blur the lines a little bit. It's always really, really interesting uh, to see where his next adventure could be. I mean, it, again, there's so many different avenues where that could go. Uh, but that was a little bit of news that picked up steam around Chiefs Kingdom and the fans. Uh, once that came out, just the photo that he was retweeting in a Houston Texans jersey. Um Obviously, the Texans face the Chiefs this year in the playoffs. They've had a lot of big, big uh, moments and games against each other really over the last few handful of years since Andy Reid's become the coach, at least, and Bill O'Brien's been there. So that would be actually really interesting. If if the Chiefs are to trade him, um, I don't think it'd be kind of along the lines of somebody like Chris Jones if they had to trade him or somebody else. I don't think the Chiefs would really care if it's in the AFC or the NFC, but if it were to be to the Houston Texans, I was kind of thinking about this once I, I did see this online. I I mean, the Texans do not have a lot of draft capital currently in the early rounds over the next few years. So I don't know how much you would actually get back from the Houston Texans in a trade like that. It'd be really interesting. But um, again, there's a lot of, a lot of things swirling out there. And then, like I said, for me personally, it's always just fun to see uh, how the players players approach it on Twitter. Some of them like to have a lot of fun. It's in, it's enjoyable to see uh, see how everybody reacts. Um, so really, really interesting there. But um, yeah, one thing I also wanted to touch on regarding you know kind of this free agency and trades. Chris Jones, Andy Reid, you know, back at the NFL Combine, um, we heard a little bit more from General Manager Brett Beach on that situation. Andy Reid didn't have a lot to say. Um, really regarding the contract negotiations, you know, he, he kind of mentioned how Brett Beach deals more with that. He doesn't really speak to Chris Jones about that, but there was actually something new um, that came out 
on Thursday, the day before this uh, podcast episode is coming out, obviously. Andy Reid appeared on uh, Mike Krzyzewski's Serious XM show, Basketball and Beyond with Coach K. So he actually talked about Chris Jones and that situation um, on this on this episode. So it's really interesting uh, to see what he ha- what he had to say about Chris Jones. Just the fact that you know um, he talked more about the culture and the team as a whole than he really did about Jones. I mean, he did touch on Jones specifically, but I think the biggest thing Reed tried to tie in here is it's all about building the team. Um, so he kind of said on the, on the show, um, quote, well, we've got a couple of players that we potentially could, could lose. Uh, Chris Jones is one of them. He's a restricted free agent. So in theory, you potentially could lose him, but we also have his rights and we would like to keep him. That's what we'd like to do. You have to work that out. When you have a quarterback that's coming up on a potential contract that might cost a couple of Big Macs, it'll be one of those expensive deals so you've got to work that salary cap and balance the thing out. And Reed added that Jones did a nice job for us, so we'd like to keep him. But for the most part, we'll be a whole team. We could go line up today, even with free agency, and be able to play and compete. And that's not with adding anybody from free agency and or the draft. And it, um, obviously, if you follow the Chiefs, you know Andy Reed does not get into specifics that often on certain things. When he does... Um, it's kind of interesting how blunt he is with certain guys or certain topics. So with this Chris Jones thing, obviously he's being blunt. The fact that, you know, kind of like we just said with Sammy Watkins, there's many different avenues that could actually happen. Ideally, as a Chiefs fan, I think a lot of people would want to see Chris Jones get paid, get his big money contract, and stay with the Chiefs for the long term as he's in his prime right now, still at just 25 years old. Um, but but you look at what Andy Reid has to say here, the fact that, this is one of the better teams in the league, and if you lose one guy, um, there is different ways to replace him. It, it's tough to replace guys like this, but it's not impossible. I think that's kind of what Reed is adding here with the fact that you know the team culture, the team building, that's what he has really focused on in his seven years in Kansas City, so it's really interesting. And I, I just wanted to actually touch on another thing that, that uh, Andy Reed had to say on the show because it was about... Patrick Mahomes and just the fact, you know, a lot of people thought he would get a 200 plus million dollar contract extension this offseason just because it's the first offseason he was eligible uh, for a contract extension. But right now it feels like he might not get that this offseason. It could be next offseason at the earliest. But the interesting thing that Andy Reid had to say, um, you know, regarding that the um, the contract situation is, you know, he kind of reiterated what you know some other Chiefs fans have touched on. Mahomes is maybe not going to take as big as much big money as what some are expecting. I mean, obviously it's still going to be a lucrative deal, but I think he's a guy that realizes you know what Tom Brady did in New England or has done in New England for a lot of times. Um, you know, allowing the team to have the ability to go out and get a lot of other assets to build the team that they want to build, so they have the opportunity to go win the Super Bowl each year. So that's something that Patrick Mahomes has said uh, himself. You know, they want to they want to have the team that they can to go make a run at it every year. And, and that's something Andy Reid has obviously reiterated on this show. So um, just the fact that I think there's so many things out there with all the rumors swirling, even around the Chiefs as a whole, sometimes the silence that this team brings uh, to the table uh, – is a lot better than what maybe is reacted on the surface. I think a lot of people get disappointed when there's a lack of moves at certain times by Brett Beach at the general manager position or what Andy Reid has to say about certain things. But overall, I think this team keeping things bottled up has been a lot more beneficial. So just hearing what they have to say, though, when they do talk about things like this, the contract situations or, you know, the fact of losing uh, bigger players as is a real possibility. Um, they're they're just kind of being real and honest, and I think that's something that sometimes is taken for granted a little bit in the sports world and with teams in the NFL. So that was just something that was um, was really interesting to see with Andy Reid's comments on that Mike Krzyzewski show, um, especially with Chris Jones. So again, we're gonna kind of touch on it. I've I've been 
trying to add and get this uh, Play in Brett Veach Part 1 article done. I started on it, like I said last week. The Chris Jones franchise tag news popped up, so I, I had to put a pause to it, but I've gotten it a little bit closer uh, to finishing, so hopefully that can be out this weekend. And I guess with that, we'll kind of talk about uh, some of the latest article topics that we have had come out since our last, uh, last podcast episode. And I guess the first thing that I will touch on, we talked a little bit already about the rumors of reagency and just how uh, people have reacted on Twitter to certain things. So Chris Harris Jr., veteran cornerback of the Denver Broncos, he's the guy that I decided to write about first for the Chiefs' possible free agent targets this offseason. Um, obviously, he's a guy that, if you did not know, played his college football at the University of Kansas. So a lot of people around um, the area of Kansas City have known Chris Harris Jr. for a long time. Great guy on the field, but even better off the field. I mean, he kind of reminds uh, reminds me of Tyron Matthew a little bit off the field, just how uh, spiritual he is and just how much of a leader and uh, and everything he can be off the field with his wisdom. And that's something that I talked about in the Chris Harris Jr. article as um, the Broncos made a trade on Tuesday where they acquired cornerback A.J. Boye from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So after that, Chris Harris Jr. went to Twitter and kind of said, you know, um, they might have to see me now as far as, you know, going up against me. So basically, Tyron Matthew and Chris Harris Jr. had a friendly exchange. Uh, Matthew tweeted, you know, after seeing that Harris tweet, um, you know, always wanted to strap with you. Could you imagine two of the shortest holding court every Sunday? Um, that would be obviously really encouraging. Like I said, they both kind of remind me of each other, how they play the game. Um, very positive guys love watching both of them play. Um, and just, just the way they hold themselves accountable is really, really impressive for guys of their positions and stature. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Harris Jr. kind of replied to that tweet saying, tell your people to call my people. Um, so basically there's already been, even before those tweets, there's been a lot of chatter about Chris Harris Jr., and the Kansas City Chiefs having uh, connections and going into the Super Bowl, Chris Harris Jr. was on the Rich Eisen show, which I uh, added that YouTube video to this article. So you can watch that there and click on that link in the video. But basically, Harris Jr. kind of agreed with Rich Eisen saying that the Chiefs would be a good fit for him. Um, I think the biggest thing is that he wants to be in Kansas City. He's shown that um, that side of him that I think is very affectionate for this area um, of the country. You know, having played at Kansas, um, having obviously come to Kansas City as a as a visiting player for a lot of years also is, is really interesting. He has a good feel for the crowd. So that's something that would be um I think I think a good thing to look at when you when you think about Chris Harris Jr. and his possible fits, how much he loves this area, how much maybe he loves playing against um, or in this part of the country and in that stadium, it's going to be really interesting to see. So one thing I kind of wrote about with him is just, you know, what he's done so far. He is going to be turning 31 years old this summer. Uh, most 31-year-old cornerbacks, I mean, especially that that position, right? A lot of guys lose their abilities um, by that time. But I think it's different with Chris Harris Jr. I think he still has a lot of gas left in the tank. Uh, very reliable. He's played in 16 games in the regular season and seven of his nine seasons so far in his career. Uh, the only two years that he didn't play in 16, he played in 12 games just two years ago. And then I think he played in 15 one other year. And who knows, that may have just been resting the starters one year when the Broncos were in their glory years with Peyton Manning. So very, very reliable on-field production. Um, you know, very respectable production over the last few years. He's averaged about 57 and a half tackles per season, meaning that, you know, he's not just going to make a lot of plays in the passing game, but he's also been very reliable, I think, in run support. Um, but it's really interesting. You know, we've seen Tyree Kill give Chris Harris Jr. some trouble, but Tyree Kill is one of the most difficult guys to cover in the game. If you really look at the body of work over the last few years of Chris Harris Jr., when uh, Denver's been struggling a little more after Peyton Manning retired and they won the Super Bowl. 
Um, he still played pretty well, especially in the short to intermediate game. Pro Football Focus has rated him um, with very, very generally good grades. So I, I would be not shocked to see Chris Harris Jr. come into a new place and uh, still be a very, very respectable player at the cornerback position as a 31-year-old guy. Um, but again, also you look at maybe the reasons why it would be a good fit. I kind of wrote that he would be the missing link to a secondary where you're probably going to lose one of Bashad Breland or Kendall Fuller, if not both of them to free agency. I think especially Breland's a guy that could get, um, a good chunk of change on the free agent market. Um, so he, he could be a missing link there when you add in what you already have in the secondary with Tarverius Ward, Rashad Fenton, Tyron Matthew. Uh, Juan Thornhill will be back next year from a torn ACL. So that veteran presence along with that group that's already showed they can hang or already um, has that confidence, you know, is, is going to be maybe very important if the Chiefs were able to sign him. But you also look at what um, – what Chris Harris Jr. would benefit from signing with the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously being a Super Bowl winner, but also a constant contender, right? As long as Patrick Mahomes and this and this core is there. Um, so you give him a chance to start playing meaningful football games again in a winning culture for the first time really since 2015 when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. It's been a handful of years really since Chris Harris Jr. has played in a lot of meaningful football games. Um, so really, I mean, that the signing would benefit the team. It would benefit the player. There's a lot that is already kind of buzzing about this possible fit. So I was really excited to write about this guy again, kind of personally, one of my favorites for a long time, even though, um, he has been a Denver Bronco his entire nine year career so far. Um, it would not be a shock to me to see him join a different AFC West rival this season. So there's some other, obviously free agent, um, target pieces that I, I will have come out soon. I think the next one that I'm hoping to do is linebacker Joe Schobert, who uh, does not look to be heading back to the Cleveland Browns. A little bit more of an uh, unknown guy coming into the league, but has really, really flashed the last few years in Cleveland. So hoping to write about him soon. But as far as um, other stuff we've written uh, since the last podcast episode, obviously draft season, I'm a big fan of the NFL draft. This is a star-studded class this year in 2020 at a lot of positions, so we're continuing to roll those out. Um, linebacker Akeem Davis-Gathier from Appalachian State is a guy I wrote about on Wednesday, and he's a guy that I think could wear a lot of different hats in a defense like Steve Spagnola. Uh, Steve Spagnola's most of the guys that I've wrote about so far for defensive prospects, um, besides the cornerback position, you know, edge players, defensive ends, or linebackers. A lot of these guys that I've profiled so far have been kind of versatile players in college. Zach Vaughn at Wisconsin, we wrote about him a little over a week ago. Um, you know, there's some other guys like uh, Jonathan Greenard where I think you could line up primarily at edge, but maybe you stick him inside every once in a while to rush the passer. There's a lot of really, really interesting versatile defenders in this year's class. Um, and before I talk more about Akeem Davis-Gathier, I think that's something that has to be remembered when you're when you're looking primarily at the NFL draft, right? And these prospects, obviously, a lot a lot more guys are going to have higher value than other than others. But you have to remember that these players are nowhere near finished products. They're still learning the game. Some of them do not have as much experience as uh, others do during their college tenure, and that goes for somebody who I wrote about. Um, that came out on Thursday, the day before this episode, and we'll talk about here in a minute, is Joshua Uche um, of Michigan. So there's a lot of guys that, that are really still coming into their own as football players. They're not finished products. And there's some guys that have already shown, you know, basically all they can at the college level. Um, they may not grow too much more in their abilities, but they're already consistent in what they do, and they're very sound. So that's something that I wanted to also touch on for you know what's hard to understand about the NFL draft, there's a lot of these unwritten rules. But one thing that's uh, sometimes hard to remember is that these guys are just not quite finished products yet. And sometimes you go into you know when you look at these guys' tape, you go into thinking that you know some of these guys are just going to play 
the way that their tape looks right now for their entire career, whether that's 12 seasons or whatever, it's going to change for some guys depending on the system they're in, the team they're with, uh, teammates that they have on their side of the ball. Everything goes into a different factor and keep, and things just keep uh, constantly changing. So, But going back to Akeem Davis Gaithier, he's a guy a little bit undersized, six foot two, 220 pounds, but I think um, very, very good physicality for that undersized body and, and also overall athleticism um, is off the charts because he's a guy that, um, like some other guys we talked about already on defensive side of the ball, as far as the linebacker position, he can play in the middle, he can play on the weak side, and he can even play on the slot or on the outside playing pass coverage. There was some reps at Appalachian State where he was actually uh, basically in a cornerback position and teams would throw swing routes to his side of the field, uh, forcing him to to make the play from that difficult position for him, which he's not always used to. But Akeem Davis Gaither is a guy, I was very impressed with his tackling as far as, um, you know, he's very, very consistent when willing to go down low, uh, work around the offensive lineman to cut down running back to the knees. There's a lot of plays where he's also finishing very violently in space against receivers or tight ends. So very important how controlled he is to set himself up for tackles. But again, he has that athletic ability to come out of nowhere with uh, with a big pop. He's not really a thumper, but he's a guy that just finishes so violently that it's tough to break tackles against him. But overall, um, the contacts, you know, going up against blocks or or um, maybe bigger bodied skill players um, and, and adding that with his undersized length a little bit that's something that can hurt him in the tackling department for the, for the most part. Very impressive there. Um, range and flexibility. I think that's something that right now, if you, um, if you've been following the NFL draft, there's a lot of talk that the linebacking uh, linebacker class is just not as impressive as other years. But I think one thing that has kind of been um, a mainstay when I keep going through the linebacker prospects is just a lot of these guys have range and that's something the Chiefs have not totally had in a long time um, at the linebacker position. Derek Johnson, you know, was was with the Chiefs as recently as 2017, but even he probably was not um, playing at his top shape since really a couple few years before that. So the range in this class is really, really um, intriguing and obviously essential, given that overall the thoughts on this linebacker class is a little bit um, underwhelming compared to other positions. So, but the range for for Akeem Davis Gaither is that you know he he works well with short area quickness and ability to slip through the offensive lineman blocks when shooting the gaps. I also wrote about you know um, just his constant production to get to the football. He gets his hat to the football a lot on every play, even if he has to run all the way across the field from the weak side sideline to sideline and make the play usually can get his hat on the football and catch running backs from behind there. Um, and he's just creating a lot of havoc all over the field. Um, I wrote that his feet are very springy hips are fluid. So just again, overall athlete, uh, very, very smooth and controlled there in space. Um, no wasted movement on the second level either. Once he sees where a play is going, he goes straight forward, knows what his landmarks are on the field. Uh, sometimes, obviously, he can outrun or overrun certain plays, but for the most part, he does not waste any time there. And the range and effort shows uh, very tremendously with how he works downfield or even up the field, either direction. So very, very strong lower half uh, also gives him some uh, very, very uh, impressive flexibility on that second level. So that that is what is really impressive to me is the range with that athleticism for Akeem Davis Gaither. And we talked about it a little bit, but the coverage skills, he's lined up in different positions. So he's had some some added reps um, at coverage and, and he's worked in the slot, going with receivers downfield. So turning your hips, sinking, running down the field with the receiver. He's done that with the tight ends as well. Um, you will see him flash his instincts on underneath routes out wide or in the middle of the field. I think this is, there's something that when you watch the tape, um, 
you may think, okay, you know, he's getting beat a lot with these underneath routes or over the middle of the field, you know, just because the pass is being complete. But overall, his instincts are pretty, are pretty, um, are are pretty impressive for a guy of his position and his stature. Just the fact that he is able to always get his nose to the football generally, um, even if the ball is being completed there in those reps. But um, I think if the ball is thrown in front of him. Something that I noticed on his tape is that it's it's just tough for him to work off of blocks. A lot of blockers um, in the slot did really well, I think, to to just force him to stop moving in his feet and get caught in space. There's a lot of plays where just you can see he recognizes what's happening, but he's just not able to get off of the block and and get to that play out wide enough to uh, set the edge out there. So those are the things that's maybe a knock on him in the coverage department is just the fact that he struggles to get off of blocks against the slot guys a little bit. But for the most part, um, he also creates receiving opportunities for him uh, for interceptions or whatever, at least to uh, create pass deflections because he has really natural hands. So that's what was really impressive as well uh, with the coverage part of his game. But yeah, we kind of already talked about him taking on blocks a little bit. You know, there can be a little bit of struggle there that echoes with the strength and the length a little bit. Um, but with the Chiefs fit, I think he can wear many different hats on the defense with Steve Spagnolo running the show. Um, I, I honestly think he can work more as a linebacker safety hybrid. Uh, maybe think of more of like that Daniel Sorensen role for Kansas City, but more as a linebacker primarily. But I think he has the ability to play as a safety type of guy in the middle of the field against a lot of uh, pass coverage reps and sub packages. So, you know, you 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 know there is going to be times where um, I think the length right now and the undersized uh, stature is going to hurt him a little bit. But if you just trust what he can do with his athleticism, uh, working against both the run and the pass, um, Akeem Davis Gaither is going to give you the effort and um, and also the just just the overall range all over the field to do a lot of different things. You can deploy him in so many different areas that you can use him as a uh, as a very dimensional player and as a chess piece in the defense. So he's a guy that I I'm really excited to see where he goes in the draft because right now I think he's probably a day two prospect in rounds two and three for most people. Um, there's been a lot of people that think he could go round two, but I think the overall consensus right now um, from some of the higher um, regarded draft analysts out there is that he'll be a round three guy. So I, I would love to see him in the Chiefs defense, just given that range and and the different abilities that he has as a multidimensional player. But um, yeah, I'm really interested personally to see how high he goes in this draft. I think he's probably, for me right now, um, I mentioned on the last episode after the NFL Combine, I updated my top 100 big board for myself. And I think I have Davis Gates here at about, um, I think, 60s or 70s right now, if I can remember right. So no no worse than 70, uh, top 70 player for me right now. Um, but another draft profile we had, come out was on Thursday, the same day as the Chris Harris Jr. free agent target piece, and yet another versatile defender, Joshua Uche. He's a guy that kind of struggled to see a lot of playing time in Michigan, really did not get a big role until this past year um, in 2019, and that was something that just, you know, I was kind of reading that that, that was a really big work in progress for him getting the coach's trust at Michigan. It, it was almost a very difficult thing to the point where you wondered, you know, is this guy going to ever get the chance that uh, he really thinks he can deserve? And he did finally get that in 2019. Defensive end primarily played as a guy that had a three-point stand, so his hands are in the ground rushing the passer. But obviously another guy, a little bit undersized for the position he was playing in college primarily, six foot one. Um around 240 245 pounds as a as a pass rusher what stood out on tape to me is that he he does have the ability to win in different ways but probably the best way he can win is bending around the edge and using his speed 
Um, I think, honestly, he doesn't really have a, a very experienced pass rush move set yet with his arms and using his hands. But really, I, I think he actually trusts himself more. And I, I think I remember seeing him say this uh, at the Senior Bowl this year in Mobile, Alabama, uh, for the for the media there. He actually does, a, I think, a, a lot more of reading the opponents and the offensive tackle and really reading their hips. And actually, that did stick out on tape when you watch his eyes and see just how he tries to track his steps and his angles on the football field as a pass rusher. Uh, Josh Uche actually reads more off the offensive tackles than he does um, by using his hands and using his arms to kind of swim around opponents. So that's something that was that was really interesting. I, I wrote that teams will probably have to be creative with how they design his blitzes because he was playing in the A and B gap as well, not just on the edge at Michigan. And I think he actually had just as impressive reps out there rushing into the backfield. Um, so they're going to have to be creative with his blitzes, whatever, whatever NFL team uh, decides to get him. If they if they think he can be consistently good rushing the passer on the edge, it would not surprise me. But again, he's just not that experienced yet as a traditional edge pass rusher. Um, but the natural the natural abilities are there. Uh, I think with speed and the bend, it's just the pass rush move set and the counters. That's going to be something that he'll have to learn at the next level. Um, you know, I, I wrote about his flexibility. Uh, again, just kind of talking about the bend around the edge and just um, the above average speed is really impressive. But I think he also does a good job of just setting the edge when he lines up as at defensive end. There's a lot of plays where he forced ball carriers or running backs to move east and west, danced a little bit too much, and they got caught behind the line of scrimmage for a big loss. That stood out a lot in this 2019 tape where Uche and his opponents were able to uh, to generate a lot of game tackles for tackles for loss. Um, again, some good swivel in his hips. There's something that we'll talk about here in a minute um, where he played in pass coverage. His hip sync there is really impressive, but um, Uche does have some reps. I think I wrote that he will overcompensate at times as far as just um, I think his feet and his arms are not really in sync when he's trying to make a play. But overall, his recovery ability helps him unexplainably well on on some of these reps where he does overcompensate. So that was really interesting to me to see how how often he was able to recover um, in those difficult spots, but as a tackler, you know, very ample tackler. I think he's, he, he might need some fine tuning, but overall, um, does a great job of driving through, um, opponents and flying through them with their hips. Uh, he also, I think one, one thing that's really interesting to see, especially when he was playing run defense, he actually makes a lot of his tackles kind of jumping up high, like a monkey on your back, basically jumping up high and kind of suffocating you with his arms uh, by grabbing your shoulders and grabbing the arms. This can lead to some fumbles. There was a lot of plays where Michigan recovered fumbles because of that in 2019. So Uche, uh, Uche really has a a really interesting tackle radius. It's a above average tackle radius, and, and he uses a unique skill set with his tackles to make a lot of plays, but usually comes through. So, yeah, like I mentioned a minute ago with his coverage skills, I also wrote, you know, there's a lot of reps where I, I did not really know what to expect with him in the past coverage game. There were some plays where he ran like 40 yards down the field with some of the faster receivers in this year's class. Uh, Penn State's K.J. Hamler is a guy that sticks out um, on one play where the Penn State quarterback, I think, thought he was going to have an easy throw into the bed, bras uh, bed, bras <laughs> bed basket for, um, for K.J. Hamler. And it was a play where Hamler was one-on-one. -on -one had good position on, on the defensive back on the inside. But Uche's running down the field basically 40 yards from, from his defensive end position dropping back. And he basically times, um, you know, basically puts his hands straight up in the air to time the pass deflection perfectly. There was actually a few different reps where Uche did a similar thing, not 40 yards down the field, but that showed up every once in a while on his tape. He's got really impressive timing, I think, with the pass coverage game with his arms, using that length and knowing um, knowing exactly what the receiver may be thinking and what they're trying to do to time it up for the catch. So 
Um, I was I was actually maybe more impressed by his pass coverage ability just because of um, I didn't really see the reps that he had at middle linebacker until I dove more into his tape. I'd seen a little bit of his tape earlier, but diving back into it and I saw more of games in 2019, he actually played um, a lot more at the middle linebacker position and in the A and B gaps than out on the edge as a defensive end. So that was uh, that was kind of good to see because just knowing that he's a little bit undersized, did not have the experience yet of a natural pass rusher. I, w- I was kind of encouraged to see Michigan knew what to uh, maybe do with him and use him in a versatile way. So uh, just like I said with Akeem Davis Gaither, I mean Uche is a guy I think you can you can let him wear a lot of different hats on the Chiefs defense uh, in in a defense like Steve Spagnuolo's. He's a guy that I think if you if you just make him uh, have a role that is attacking the opponent, he'll he'll perform well enough. There's there's plays where, like I said, he's gonna get hurt a little bit by the undersized um, part of it, and and just the fact that again the experience, maybe not having the um, the feet and hands always in sync, that's that's something that could hurt him. But I think if you just put him in a role where he's able to use his athleticism, use his instincts. And um, and let him fly around and attack from any angle. That's going to be where uh, Josh Uche is going to win, I think, the most in the NFL game. So I think he can actually play as a will linebacker. I've seen the comps to uh, Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings. That's not a bad comp. But basically what that means is he can play the linebacker role there, um, probably on the weak side, and then you can also have him um, play down near the edge. He can play in stand-up position or in a three-point stance but either way I think he's a guy as long as you put him in an in, in an attacking role uh Josh Uche can win in the NFL there's a lot of different opinions on him actually I mean the biggest thing I think that I've seen there's somebody that had him um probably as a late first round pick at best early second round pick and then there's some other opinions on him that he's not even a top 15 player at the defensive end or edge position. Basically, he's a he's a fourth-round player for some people. So there's a lot of different range of opinions on Joshua Uche. He's kind of he's kind of one of my more favorite players as I've watched this class more as a whole. I think he could actually be really, really enticing for some defenses that use their defenders in creative ways. So that's why I like the Chiefs fit a little bit with Josh Uche. And the fact that I saw more from him than just playing the standard defensive end position with the three-point stance, he had a lot of different reps on there and and gave himself um, a lot of opportunities and areas to improve, even with not much experience at Michigan. So those are just some of the latest article topics. Again, I mentioned the playing Brett Beach part one. Hopefully, I'll finally get that out this weekend. Uh, We'll have more draft profiles as well. I know I got at least five or six um, of my next players that I want to write about already in the tank, set up, ready to go. Um, So we're just hoping to, like I said, continue to get as many draft profiles out as we can going into April's draft. Um, I I tweeted out on the FPC Chiefs account um, a couple of weekends ago that we were taking questions. So I do have some questions all set up, ready to go. We're going to get our first uh, Chiefs inbox article out this weekend as well. And uh, hopefully more free agency topics like the one with Chris Harris Jr. Um, those will be coming out soon as well. Again, this week, just wanted to kind of uh, increase the content just a little bit more than what I had been doing with the articles. But yeah, there's a lot of good ideas coming out soon. I'm really excited to see how the offseason is going to unfold. And obviously, I cannot wait for the NFL draft to get here now. In uh in about six weeks or so in the in uh, late April, so really exciting to keep things going again. You guys can follow me on Twitter at ebearcat9, all one word, lowercase. Um, of course, follow the FPC Chiefs Twitter account. That's at capital F capital P capital C underscore Chiefs. Um, of course, if you do follow us on FPC Chiefs, and maybe you're a little late or or did not quite catch our uh, articles on the day that they come out. I usually obviously try to do, uh, in case you missed it, post on certain days as well just to get those um, 
you know, promote it again and, and get those out for everybody. So really excited to continue doing the articles. You guys can follow us there. And of course, if you have a interest in joining the full press coverage team, full press coverage is looking for contributors. So if you're an editor, a writer, a podcaster, we have an opportunity for you. So visit fullpresscoverage.com slash employment for more info. And of course, also finish, uh, visit our friends over at sportscaster.com. Bookmark the official full press coverage page at sportscaster.com slash full press coverage uh, for va- uh, for great video content. You can watch videos there like FTC Radio Live and Pardon the Puck. And uh, if you want to create your own account for Sportscaster, you can broadcast videos on your own out to anybody out there in the sports world. So it's always a great tool just to get your own opinions or voices out there. Uh, Sportscaster is a great place to do that. So um, I think that's going to wrap it up here for this episode, a little bit longer episode. So I'm excited about that, a little longer than our last couple episodes. So yeah, just stay tuned. Like I said, the full press coverage sheets on Twitter, a lot of articles still hopefully to come out this weekend and over the next couple of weeks entering the offseason and free agency. So stay tuned to that, and I will see you guys next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.